Greetings in Christ Jesus, and welcome once again to the Twin Steeples Podcast. I'm your host, Pastor Neil Radical, and I'm joined today by our guest, once again, Drew Nauman, Pastor-elect Drew Nauman. Just in a few short weeks, Drew will be ordained and installed out in Spokane, and what a joy it is for him to be able to serve the Lord out there. Our prayers continue to be with him. Twin Steeples is a production of Emmanuel Evangelical Lutheran Church in Mankato, whose main goals are to share God's saving word and to communicate the ongoing activity in Christ's kingdom here at Emmanuel. How are you doing this morning, Drew? I'm doing well, Pastor. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you, as always, for being willing to help out and looking forward to doing this devotion with you today and just discussing kind of what's going on with the congregation and also with convention, which is already next weekend. So you picked out a, a devotion section. Would you like to read that and comment on it a little bit? We can discuss it for a few minutes. Sure. I thought today we'd uh, take a look at uh, Paul's second letter to Timothy, chapter 4, verses 1 through 4. I charge you, therefore, before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who will judge the living and the dead at his appearing in his kingdom. Preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Convince, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and teaching. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but according to their own desires, because they have itching ears, they will keep up for themselves teachers, and they will turn away their ears from the truth and be turned aside to fables. Uh, and I kind of wanted to talk about this a little bit this morning because it seems today that there's a large push, or there has been pretty much throughout my entire life. Uh, I'm sure it's it's been that way for a lot longer than I've been around, that we are a society that uh, exalts and praises leadership, that Everyone needs to be a leader in everything, that we need these uh, incredibly strong-willed individuals who are able to trailblaze the way for everyone else. And that's kind of, if you're looking at getting into college or you're looking at getting a job, one of the highest, most important traits people think about is leadership. And it's true, even in Christianity, that leadership is something to be prized and certainly a, a blessing from the Lord. But it's important to understand the role that leadership plays in the Christian life, because while we strive to be uh, good um, examples for our fellow Christians and help motivate one another, build one another up in Christ, we are also always constantly and foremost followers we want to be followers of christ in all things and it comes from hearing that sound doctrine contained only in god's word and it it's it's very interesting to me to uh and and difficult uh we i think we all have to admit to try and put aside that wanting to be out in front and, and make up our own our own mind trust our guts and make important decisions uh, and not look to God's word. We want to always be looking to God's word in those things. It can be very difficult to uh, put that down. So Paul here is telling Timothy that be a leader, do these things, preach the word, be ready in season and out of season. And then he goes on to say that there will be a time when they will not endure sound doctrine, that only source of proper Christian leadership. Uh, and you can certainly see it in today's day and age. 
Uh, maybe a, maybe you want to comment on that a little bit about how that can be a hardship in uh, the Christian's life, trying to be the example that God wants you to be, but also recognizing that we need to take a back seat to God's word. So I, when I listen to you read this, or I'm looking at this in front of me from Second Timothy, it's not a very encouraging section. I mean, it's meant to be an encouragement to Timothy, the young pastor, but it's so sanctified. It's so like, it's heavy because three and four, as you read, are like bad news. There's going to be a lot of different teachings out in Christianity. And there's gonna be a lot of people who don't want to follow the truth. They're going to be following their own desires and fables, like you mentioned. And so as far as leadership goes, Paul's trying to encourage Timothy to be a strong leader in the word. And as you're pointing out so well, I think that leadership is really for any Christian in this world as well to show how do we share the word of God, whether not all of us are going to be preaching from the pulpit, but all of us can proclaim that word of God in season, out of season, at any given time. And so that takes strong Christian leaders, beginning in our homes, beginning with our families and friends and neighbors. And so I like the way you commented on how the Lord's really calling us. He's charging us to not just Timothy, but each Christian to be a strong leader for Christ. And as I mentioned, I think this section uh, could be discouraging because of how it kind of winds down with just these four verses. But the hard part is, I guess I'd ask you, where do you see, where do you see the encouragement? Where do you see Christ in this? Where do you see the love of God in this? Where do you see those kinds of good news moments in a section that's so heavy and prophetical about what we're already going through in our society right now about standing firm? Well, the biggest encouragement in this section, I think, has to be in verse one, where Paul says, I charge you, therefore, before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who will judge the living and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom. Uh, and those are some very strong, kind of aggressive words that, that we translate into the English, that Paul charges Timothy and that Christ will judge. But when we look at Christ, and as, as Paul charges Timothy uh, before the Lord Jesus Christ, we recognize that it is only because of his redeeming sacrifice that we are able to do any of these things that he commands. And all that, as you rightly pointed out, is part of the message of sanctification. Uh, before any of that even takes place, we must first recognize that it's the Lord Jesus Christ who came in the flesh, lived the perfect life that we could not, and went and died the death of the cross that we all deserve, suffered the hell, the agony, and the separation from his father, uh, so that we can now live God-pleasing lives, having been sanctified, made holy, set apart for God's purposes. And so it's very strong words here, uh, but it's, it's also very encouraging because we know that Christ, who has given everything for us, is now also going to supply us with everything that we need to go about fulfilling our callings as uh, Christians and leaders in the church, and most importantly, as followers of him. I like the the readiness here too. Like I totally agree with you. Verse one, he's going to judge the living and the dead at his appearance. It's, it's showing again what he's coming to do. Like you said, you know, the readiness is ultimately what we see in Christ. He is always ready to proclaim his word to us. He's always ready in season, out of season for us to, to give us that tough love of convincing, rebuking, exhorting. 
but we see his long suffering, his teaching towards us. I, I really cling to that part too. Part of looking towards Jesus' kingdom is rejoicing in his long suffering. So I appreciate the way you direct us back to number verse one there too. So yeah, it's a it's a heavy section, but it's one that's absolutely needed during this time and one that helps us focus back on our Savior and how he suffered for us and continue to give us the joy in looking up to see his kingdom is appearing and, and drawing soon near. Uh, do you want to close the prayer if you had, unless you had any other thoughts? No, I don't want to close the prayer. Dear gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you and we laud and magnify your glorious name that you have given us your only begotten Son. You gave him into death to suffer and die for all of our sins. Having been made clean in the blood of the innocent Lamb of God, we now ask that you would bestow on us an extra measure of your spirit day by day as we go about fulfilling our callings as a royal priesthood, a holy nation, your own special people who have been given the work of spreading your gospel message to the ends of the earth. We thank you for the privilege of being the clay pots carrying that life-giving water of the word. We pray that you would strengthen us and preserve us in all manner of trial as Satan and his minions go about trying to distract and draw people away from that word, that life-giving water. Please be with us. Give us the uh, fortitude and the confidence, knowing that all things for necessary for our justification have already been accomplished in your son. And then give us the uh, the Holy Spirit, the helper, so that we might be helped in all circumstances, we might be encouraged and always look forward to the day when you will call us home to be with you. In Jesus' saving name, we ask all of these things. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jew, for that proclamation of God's word here for us and for leading us through you know, this study as well. Appreciate it very much. As far as uh, weekly update and reminders go, uh, tonight, 7 p.m. Wednesday Bible class, that will be for June 15th today, as we give thanks for the Lord's opportunities to spend time in his word. We continued on our website discussion of what we believe and what we're hoping to put on our website. We've been going through comparative faiths more recently. We talked about the Jehovah's Witnesses, and we've been talking about the Mormon Church. We've been talking about uh, Church of Science, some of those groups that really ultimately deny Christ. And we'd love to have you join us for that discussion. Tonight, we're planning on going through the Seventh-day Adventists as one of those groups. I'm sure we'll spend most of the time talking about that. So please join us if you'd like to take part in that discussion. Friday morning, once again, we continue on with our 6.30 men's breakfast and our study of the Gospel of Matthew. So we eat breakfast, and then we study from about 7 to 7.30. So again, really, anyone's welcome to come to that. And typically, it's men who are showing up to that men's breakfast, but uh, sometimes wives will come down too or others. So don't hesitate to come on down if you'd like. This week, we are finishing up the ILC camp. So many of our young people are up there in Tillage, Minnesota for that. So we pray that they have a good time and safety up there and safe travels back home. On June 21st, this coming Monday at 7 p.m., we have our special voters meeting that was called over a week ago. We have our Sanctuary Improvement Committee updates about plans and designs and costs and so forth. We have some membership matters to talk about. And then we're also hoping to approve a Pastor Nauman Family Leave Fund. So those things will be discussed 
Monday night, June 21st at 7 p.m. Also, just around the corner, please keep in your prayers, June 24th to June 27th, the CLC convention over in Eau Claire, Wisconsin. Uh, so myself will be over there as well as some of the other uh, teachers and our two delegates. And so keep them in your prayers as we continue to wrestle and make decisions on behalf of the congregation and the synod. June 30th, just a heads up on that too, that was in the bulletin this past weekend, Ladies Auxiliary Luncheon. That'll be at Pizza Ranch at 11 a.m. Again, June 30th, if you're interested in going, please contact Donna Clymer. Uh, upcoming in July, we have early first weekend in July, communion is gonna be going back to normal. And so we're basically out of those little communion packets and deacons decided not to order anymore since things are getting back to normal here. And so uh, we're gonna have our normal communion up front at the communion railing. If you'd like to take private communion, please do speak to me. So if you're not comfortable at this time, which is no problem about coming up to the communion rail, just let me know and I'd be happy to give you private communion uh, after a service or come meet with you as, as well. July 12th through 16th is our vacation Bible school. Just a reminder to register for that. Registration should be on our Wednesday memo or on our weekend email as well. So if you look for more information for that, please let myself or Hillary and Ian know also, as far as our prayer list is concerned, we keep in our prayers Marie Myers, Grace Schreier's sister over in the Red Wing area, who continues to fight cancer. We've been praying for Tim Schreier also, one of our members in Colorado. He is now home from the hospital, and so we're thankful that the Lord has brought recovery to him and continue to help him with that recovery. Also home, over the last week, Hope Redland was hospitalized. We prayed for her this past weekend with a pretty serious infection. She is now home recovering, and we continue to keep her in our prayers. A couple of the little babies, in fact, the, they're almost exactly the same age in the sense of when they were given birth to. Tim and Laura Schaller's baby, who's over in Rochester, Lila, who was born prematurely at about 23 weeks. Also, the same thing we just heard from Pastor Nauman is that their daughter, Monday morning, very early in the morning, uh, Rachel gave birth to the... Uh, a little girl. I think I'm saying the name right. You could probably help me too. Adelaide. Adelaide. Is that right? Sounds right to me. Adelaide Hope Nauman. And so we continue to pray, pray for her growth, Rachel's recovery. Uh, she was, I believe, 1.7 pounds and about 11 and a half inches long. But she, I heard through the grapevine, she was crying at her uh, birth. So that's a really good sign for her lungs. And so we're very thankful that the Lord has answered some of those prayers, you know, in the sense of uh, giving a safe delivery a little bit sooner than we are hoping for. But again, God is gracious and good. And so we're thankful that the Lord is continuing to be with little Adelaide and with the Nauman family. So continue to keep them in your prayers. Again, reminder, he's on his family leave of absence. If you're looking for immediate help or need, please reach out to me or the, the deacons anytime. So we're here to try to pay to serve you as the Lord is helping the Nauman family for all these things. That would bring us to our June portion. And June is convention preparation month here. So last couple of weeks, Pastor Nauman and I a couple of weeks ago talked about ILC building project. Uh, last week, June, I talked a little bit more about the joint statement and some of the different views on what we should do with that. Today, we're going to spend just a little bit of time talking about the Committee of Partners in the Public Ministry Recommendations. Now, Drew, I don't know how much you've looked at that. I'll give a quick quick update, and you can share anything you know about that or any of your feelings, if you have them. Again, no pressure. There's basically two groups that have been 
established because of a great need. So let's, I'm going to talk about that need first. And uh, Drew, you probably have a better understanding of that being so connected with the, the different calls, you know, in seminary and so forth. But so in seven years, there's been some stats from that. There'll be about 17 pastors that are theologically trained or theologically trained professors who will be over 70 years old. So we can reasonably expect that then possibly up to 17 of our 70 congregations or so will be 25% vacant. So there's a huge need for pastors for our synod in the next five to 10 years. And so this was a problem or a challenge, we should probably say a, a, a testing from the Lord a number of years ago. And they had developed in the CLC, I think this is 30 or 40 years ago, the limit, limited ministry program. And that was the idea that graduates that would go through this limited ministry program could be basically a lay minister to help out the pastor or a vacancy for a, for a time. And so it wasn't like a full trained pastor, but it was, it was the idea behind it was to develop more pastorally trained individuals so that they could help out with more ministry things that the congregations would generally want more help for. Since that time, in the last few months, year or so, there's been this committee called the Committee of Partners in the Public Ministry that's been trying to promote the ministry more and also been trying to find ways to get more people out in the ministry, specifically talking about pastors now. I guess I'll pause there for a second, Drew. Am I, am I summarizing it okay so far? Do you have anything to add? No, you're, you got it. Okay. So the idea of this program is different than the limited ministry program because this program would be to basically equip pastors for the synod uh, as fully trained as possible. And rather than our seven-year course that Drew and I have both gone through and Pastor Joe Nauman, it was to be like a two-year pastoral training ministry course. And my understanding, it's a lot more, how do you say this? I think, I think ours is pretty intense at 25 credits a semester, I, I believe is what it was. But the idea is this would be even more full-time than that. And so it's a two-year pastoral training program, at least the current ideas for it. This is kind of a, a flexible thing. And that's why it's going to the Synod to discuss it, chew on it more. It would be a two-year program to give as much education and training as possible for men who'd want to train for the, the Synod. And they'd go to Eau Claire to do that. Have you heard more about that? Can you share more thoughts and comments on that? Uh, yeah, I can try. Uh, my understanding is that, um, as, as you pointed out, the short, the immediate shortage uh, requires that uh, waiting seven years for a graduate to come out to replace uh, one of the outgoing pastors because of retirement or otherwise it's just a long time to wait and it's a long time to be in school. So it takes a long time to get a pastor out that way. And it's also a very daunting thing for someone who might be interested in serving to be looking at seven years. Right. So uh, the, the committee came up with this idea where it's just, it's two years of straight uncut study. I believe that uh, housing uh, there's a housing allowance. I think everything is going to be stipended, uh, ideally. Um, and you're basically just going to be a full-time student uh, year-round, through the summer, through winter, uh, everything. And 
like you said, trying to kind of compress everything that they can into those two years. Um, and one of the, I guess just one of the biggest apprehensions that a lot of people have about uh, this particular suggestion is that one of the biggest part of, of our uh, education in the four-year pre-theology program and the three-year seminary program is the original languages, the Greek and the Hebrew. And you can't really, it's very difficult to find corners to cut when it comes to learning the languages because you, you just need to spend the time in it and, and have that experience and practice using it. Uh, so what the committee recommends is getting these individuals very adept at using software that helps to parse the original Greek and Hebrew without actually having that knowledge innately, uh, as opposed to having, you know, seven years of working with Greek and, well, seven years of Greek and five years, six, five years of Hebrew. Uh, and that's, that's causing a lot of pastors and a lot, uh, many on the ILC faculty some consternation because uh, when you think about what's one of the most important things about being a pastor, you have to be able to go back to the word. And we use English translations, but they are just that. They're translations, uh, ultimately. So it would be uh, it would be an understatement to say that it is helpful to be able to handle the Greek and Hebrew uh, because it really is. You know, you, you know, when you're writing a sermon, that's one of the first things that you do is go back and you look at the original language because you want to know exactly what, uh, what God inspired the writers to write in that language too. So we can most accurately uh, reflect that in our preaching. So that seems to be one of the bigger cruxes of the issue right now is trying to reconcile uh, this huge education that requires seven years and make it a little less daunting and also compressed in, into the two years. But yeah, I think he's, I think you said that really well. I think there's a lot of different viewpoints of what, what, a pastor needs to have and I think one comparison I've heard too about the seriousness of this is that right now some would argue that there's a shortage in medical staff whether it be doctors or nurses and if you ask someone would you prefer to have a doctor who's had his 11 years with his residency and everything or would you want to truncate that down to three or four you know do you want to have your health put in that kind of perspective and then we're talking about spiritual health too with pastors here so i think that's an interesting argument to make is there a way to do that i'm not i'm not 100 sure but that's why it's i like the fact that we're trying to think outside of the box as a synod and how to encourage and build up the young ones but we have to be really careful in doing that and that's why i'm 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 excited to see the, the discussion at convention and following because i'm sure this will take some time to figure out but i'm hopeful that it is an encouragement in a way that older men would be able to, or whoever it might be that didn't go to college, would be able to find a way to be able to learn and grow in their studies that potentially in some way or another, whether it be a full-time pastor or not, help out in the, the very pressing needs of the ministry throughout our nation, throughout the world today. So I'm hopeful that a lot of these things can come from that. 
just like we're doing overseas in other countries, our mission to work with them, how do we help prepare and train them? How can we do similar things here, learn from one another and continue to grow as we're trying to serve the Lord in his kingdom. So a lot of interesting thoughts there. Yeah, it's, it's at the very least, some very important first steps to a very important conversation. So it's exciting to see that this ball is rolling and we certainly pray that the Lord would bless those efforts and uh, give us, give us good ideas. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, do you have any other comments on that program? I mean, there's, there's, if you're looking for this, if you have the prospectus that was emailed out a while back, if you're looking for a comment or looking at a copy of that, please let me know. But this partners of the public ministry are on pages 88 and following in the prospectus there. So if you're interested in looking at that more, reading more up on that, just let me know. That brings us to our closing hymn of the day today. We talked so much about the word of God. You know, Drew and I, we were talking about this. We are speaking about God's word and how important it is for us to speak that word faithfully. I thought a good hymn to close that would be hymn 775. It's got a couple verses there that I think really, well, all the verses are good when it comes to this. But I want to read three verses from that, the odd verses, one, three, and six, a couple of those odd verses here. So this speaks to what we talked about, about, being faithful to the word and teaching and rebuking with that long suffering that Christ has given to us. Thy strong word did cleave the darkness at thy speaking it was done. For created light we thank thee while thine ordered seasons run. Alleluia, alleluia, praise to thee who light does send. Alleluia, alleluia, alleluia without end. Thy strong word bespeaks us righteous, bright with thine own holiness. Glorious now we press toward glory, and our lives, our hopes, confess. Alleluia. Alleluia. Praise to thee who light does send. Alleluia. Alleluia. Alleluia without end. Give us lips to sing thy glory, tongues thy mercy to proclaim, throats that shout the hope that fills us, mouths to speak thy holy name. Alleluia, alleluia. May the light which thou dost send fill our songs with alleluias, alleluias without end. Amen. Thank you for joining us on the Twin Steeples podcast. Twin Steeples is a production of Emanuel Evangelical Lutheran Church in Mankato, Minnesota. Until next time, may God bless and keep you, and may you always remember Emmanuel. God is with you.